Hey, and welcome to Game Talk. I'm your host, Amit Mion. Today, I'm joined by Connor. Hey, guys. Mike. Hello. And we it seems like we've finally crossed uh, the threshold, and we're finally getting into some next-gen news. Uh, the meat of next-gen is upon us, I think, after being drip-fed for so long. So a couple of things happened since our last show. Uh, one, the Xbox... Uh, sort of games showcase occurred where they showed a bunch of third-party Series X titles. And then just today, we had the reveal of Unreal Engine 5, and they showcased a really slick demo running in real-time on PS5. And I think today's demo, more than anything, is sort of painting a picture of what, like, at least the graphical expectations could be for next-gen. And I think that's really exciting. And I know, Connor, you, you you dabble a lot more in development than I do. Um, and uh, they really kind of did uh, an overview of, like, the new features in Unreal 5. And the standout amongst those two seemed to be uh, Nanite, which was the geometry rendering system, the new geometry rendering system, um, and Lumen, which was the real-time global illumination system. So, I don't know, do you have any quick thoughts on either of those things? Um. Yeah, my first thought right off the bat uh, about Nanite is that um, I don't think it, it confirms my theory. I think that uh, we will not have a single AAA game next gen that's less than 100 gigs, and I honestly believe it's going to be closer to 200 uh, after seeing that because um, my first thought was like, oh, so we're just not optimizing models anymore. And I, uh, I pretty much took to Twitter with that. Yeah, and, so uh, like, uh, it seems like the, the models directly as they're captured are being inserted into the game, right? So that's the super high-fidelity models, but obviously they're going to be pretty uh, pretty Right, costly. they're massive. They're, yeah. I mean, they're, yeah, they were saying they're using 8K textures, and yeah. what they were saying, it was like two, 25 billion triangles in that scene alone. A lot like, of triangles, <laughs> yeah. And, and from what I was seeing, like, uh, looking around Reddit and Twitter and stuff in the uh, the aftermath of that, uh, some different developers, and I'll, the only one I can name drop is Adam Brommel, one of the developers from Astroneer that I uh, talk with on Twitter occasionally. Mm-hmm. He, um, I, I pretty much just straight up asked him, like, hey, is this, this is going to blow up file sizes for games a ton, right? Like, because he has AAA experience and he works on Astroneer. And, he, you know, his joke was that, man, I'm never optimizing a model again. And uh, his his reply was most definitely, yeah. And yeah. On, on Reddit, I was seeing other developers saying, like, yeah, we have, you know, well, on our dev machines, we have two terabytes usually just for one project. And, uh, you know, w- when we're done optimizing everything, that goes down to 100 gigs or whatever. Yeah. But, like... If we're not optimizing anymore, like obviously you can't ship a two terabyte game. That's not feasible. Like, well, that's so that's, an, that's that's a fun hypothetical to consider though. Like, I could maybe just if we look far into the future, maybe a decade from now, PlayStation Six, Xbox Next, whatever, I could see games being greater than a terabyte. Oh, easily, and it yeah. it won't even necessarily be higher fidelity at that point. It'll just be. Uh, optimizations that aren't necessary anymore the the dev cycle will be so much shorter yeah like because apparently half the time that that uh, a 3d artist spends on an asset is usually optimizing it yeah and, and unreal uh, that's is the telling sense. us like you don't have to do that anymore so if nothing yeah. else 
what Unreal is saying is that you can put a prototype together in no time now. Right. Um, and like a very pretty prototype. The, the, the main takeaway I got from Nanite, at least, was it seemed like... Well, Nanite and Lumen, to be honest, was that uh, 3D artists in particular were very excited about these technologies. Uh, yeah. And I think these technologies becoming standard will will definitely speed up their workflow and um and this is important outside of AAA space too because like you know an indie can download unreal engine and they announced today like uh um i think your first million they don't get a cut of now like so you know most you know most indies never make that right so that's yeah that's essentially saying like unreal engine's free you know yeah and uh that's huge because like if I were going to make a game like this, I don't know the first thing about optimizing a model, but my models also aren't going to be a million triangles or something probably because I don't know what I'm doing. So, but yeah. my, you know, my models that are terribly optimized because I don't know what I'm doing should get the same benefit as these models that are poorly optimized because people do know what they're doing and have made a gorgeous model. Right. And uh, just to give the uh, a, a sense of how many how much detail could be in this geometry, they were saying something like one triangle per pixel, and we know how many pixels are on the screen. Um, so that's just yeah, yeah, that's uh, that's getting pretty crazy. And if we, and did you guys actually see the demo itself? Yes. So like uh, I haven't watched it yet. Well, so one of the parts that really sort of impressed me, there was like a ton of detail in the scene, right? But then they like zoomed in really close onto like a rock a rocky surface and like ver- like 99% of the detail was still there like it's still it just looked like you approach like a rock in real life like you know how like typically when you're farther away from like an asset in a game it might look a certain way and then as you get closer those textures get swapped in for higher fidelity textures um right but and they were that's saying pretty it was 8K seamless here. And, yeah. and it was seamless LOD is what they were saying. You don't have to make your own LOD anymore. Yeah. And that means, like, the LOD can be made on the fly, probably based on different parameters of the camera and stuff. That's huge. Yeah, yeah I find, uh, yeah, I find the, the idea of, like, a lack of pop-in really attractive. Because, like, pop-in is just one of those things that I've kind of just been living with. It's just like, okay, most games will have pop in. Like that's just to be expected with the current limitations of the hardware. But like, and that's that a lot that of that's probably gone, the SSD as well. Yes. Uh, the, yeah. I mean, I guess Mark Cerny, uh, some of the guys behind the the Epic demo that we saw today said that the PS5 SSD is part of the reason they were able to do what they do. I'm still not sold on it not being possible on any other SSD. I still think that's a ridiculous claim, but uh. I think the it, PS5 it make... SSD is getting so much highlight because it's like the premier development SSD right now, and obviously that'll the... change in the future. Because it's the only thing the PS5 has over anyone else. <laughs> well, the only thing PS5 has over Xbox. Yeah, I mean, obviously it beats Switch, yeah. but it's really the only thing the PS5 has the PC can't get as well. Yeah, for now, at least. Yeah. Um, uh, and but... perhaps for a while. I mean, I, I'm obviously... I don't believe it, but if it is true, you know, that this may be something that console just has over PC, you know? Yeah, I mean, I, I see more and more of that sentiment, and obviously these people know a lot more of what they're talking about than I do. So I tend to take their word for it, but uh, obviously the the devil will be in the details once we finally have our hands on this thing. 
Um, and another thing I wanted to kind of point out about uh, maybe the last thing we can move on, uh, but the last thing about Nanite at least uh, is that it it really adopts kind of like smart rendering, right? So it only renders what you're looking at, and due to the SSD, like what you're looking at could have like <clears throat> like an insane draw distance, right? So like I think, and and I think um, the the section in the demo where the girl like jumps off the cliff and starts flying really kind of showcased that like how like even fast movement through giant terrain resulted in no loss of detail. Yeah, um, that was to me the most exciting part of the uh, the entire demo because yeah. that has gameplay implications yes for sure like and I, the rest of it is like yeah when you're walking through these caves and hearing nathan drake uh, joke around with sully it's gonna look a little better you know but uh yes and just the, as an aside this demo was absolutely just uncharted 5 like it was so oh yeah, uncharted looks, i feel like some of the animations were even taken out of uncharted it felt very uncharted <laughs> and it ran on a ps5 so but yeah naughty dog wouldn't be caught dead using a non-proprietary engine yeah they wouldn't but um, then again, they're probably not making the next Uncharted, so that's true. That is that's actually a really good point. But uh, yeah, like if you had swapped that girl in for Nathan Drake, like, well, I, I guess believed it. Yeah, th- there were some like sci-fi elements to that demo, right? But like minus those, like it was straight out of Uncharted. Like the tone and like just the way the the character the even climbing. moved and interacted yeah. with the environment it was so Uncharted, and that was that was kind of nice to see. But yeah, like going back to that part in the demo where she like took off flying, like that part actually kind of gave me chills. Like that made me really excited for what we could see in the years to come in a way that like, like, I feel like this was my first like, this is next gen moment. And I have one of those every gen and I was kind of waiting for that to happen this generation. And obviously see, I didn't it, really has, have it hasn't even the Xbox one PS4. I didn't really have a this is next gen moment. I don't think. Uh. Th- Mine was when I played Horizon Zero Dawn. That game just really? stunned me, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, obviously the generation hasn't really even begun yet, so, like... And th- so this will probably just be, like, the baseline. I expect, you know, the fidelity and the technology to improve as we get further into the generation, and that's very exciting to me that that this is what uh, we can expect just at the beginning. Right. And I have to wonder, like, uh, my first take... um. Well, and this is still on Nanite. I want to talk about Lumen here in a second, yeah. too, even though I don't have a ton to say about it. But um, my first take was that this is going to increase the cost of um, AAA games because these assets look ridiculously detailed and expensive to me. But uh, taking a closer look at it, I guess, and like what people were saying online, that's not so true. Because, you know, a lot of what made it so expensive before wasn't creating that detail, but making that detail be able to run. And that's just a a considerably less of an issue now. So, you know, the the cost of a AAA game might not really be affected by this. It it may just be higher detail, or it may even be cheaper to develop, you know? Yeah, I think the combination of, like the next gen hardware obviously but also like we're seeing now with unreal 5 these next gen engines just those two things working in concert is really lowering the sort of uh i don't want to say barrier but the sort of like it's lowering the difficulty of like an an artist or someone with a concept to get that uh to to make that into reality i think it's easier for someone to do that now it's easing the workflow i would say yeah yeah but yeah, uh, but yeah, let's 
let's look at Lumen for a second yes. as well, because Lumen, I, I think the key word that we were all looking for, I feel like, and didn't see today was ray trace, right? Like, yes. So this technology is not ray tracing. That's important to say. It's a real time global illumination system. And I was watching um, the Digital Foundry guys kind of dive into this presentation. And uh, if you guys don't know about Digital Foundry, I definitely recommend checking them out. Uh, they they do all sorts of technical analysis on games, and I think they're a pretty well-respected voice in the industry. But they said that th- they were thinking that uh, Lumen is a good sort of in-between solution, right? Between And so the two extremes are like static baked-in lighting versus like ray-traced lighting. So you don't need to spend the time baking out the lighting, right, for, for this dynamic lighting system. But it's not as computationally expensive as ray tracing. So I think it's a good compromise to get a really good lighting system without spending all of your power on ray tracing. Yeah, because I think it's worth noting, I'm pretty sure that this entire presentation was locked at 60 frames per second. I don't know what resolution it was, but... Yeah, I, I mean, I watched a 4K video, but... And and I'd imagine it was running in 4K. And, it felt silky smooth, though. Yeah. But that's an, I guess that's another topic. But, like, the implications of, like, will developers actually opt to hit 4K60? Or will it still be 4K30 with, you know, God, I, other improvements going on? Yeah, and again, I think it depends on the type of game. Like, uh, your fighting games are going to be 60. Hopefully your shooters are 60. But you'd but, like, hope... But once you Uncharted doesn't that, need to be sixty. Like, it doesn't need Uncharted to be. Uncharted is okay at thirty. I guess my point was like at this point with this much power, like even things that didn't need to be be sixty, wouldn't you hope they would hit sixty now? Right. Like I I'd feel love like for them too, but it's it's sixty fps is not as easily to market. It is not as yeah. easy to market as a screenshot of a really gorgeous. Uh, yeah. And we had this conversation last episode too, but I, I think it's an important yeah. point, and I'm eager to see like what path that sort of takes once next gen hits. Yeah, I'm, I'm just never gonna tell myself that consoles are gonna hit 60 because you're just getting your hopes up, and yeah, history is like, not yeah, on your side. One of those things, like don't give me hope. Yeah. But um, but yeah, like, and, and I don't want to rip completely off of Digital Foundry, but one of the one of the guys on there made a really good point is that you can combine this technology with ray tracing, right? So like, if if you don't want to ray trace everything because it's too expensive, then maybe you could just ray trace reflections, and then your global illumination could be handled by Lumen. And I thought that was a really interesting idea, um, of of maybe getting a nice com- combination of performance and uh, fidelity. Yeah. Do you see yourself uh, playing around with uh, UE5 when, when it comes out? Um, no. <laughs> uh, only because that's just not the kind of game... I, I don't have any projects that fit, like... Well, not for now, at least. Yeah, like, I, I have some VR ideas I'm knocking around and I might toy around in it, but I just don't have the resources to utilize any of that like you know i i'm still in a position where if i do anything 3d it's going to be low poly by necessity not mm-hmm. not by artistic choice necessarily i mean it is yeah. you know i maintaining my artistic integrity i'm not going to put out something i think looks bad but odds are you know low poly the workflow is just so much faster and 
the odds of me having more than one 3D artist are slim, so I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to choose low poly over, you know, low poly, but a lot of objects over high poly, but very few. Right. And it you is know, I don't have the resources of, to have somebody spend six weeks on a desk, you know, like. That's true. But I, I guess maybe I shouldn't have asked this question right now. Right. Like a lot can change uh, in a year or so. Right. And, and but, but even like at, at our job, like we do some VR stuff and I don't think I would really. I don't think the gains here are worth learning a new engine for, like, for our team. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're not, we're not. Yeah. Uh, this definitely seemed more geared to like AAA developers that were were that might need an engine for next gen. Yeah, I'd certainly be interested, but yeah. uh, it just so they, I don't have a reason to right now. They they, they said that. Uh, UE5 won't be available till like late 2021, so it'll be a while before we even see anything that's using it. Oh wow, I didn't see that. Okay. Yes, so that's that's quite a ways off, I think. I wonder actually. if that's to the public or if you know maybe AAA studios have early access to it. I or think anything. they said early access was 2021, and then like everyone was oh. all, late 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 2021. Okay. Wow. So well, that's a shame. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that's another thing. Like, I feel like what we saw there, like on that demo, probably won't really be the standard for a while until these consoles are out for two or three years at least. Because I think obviously, like the first couple years at least, there is going to be like heavy cross gen, so we won't really see like anything too crazy. But like, I'm excited to get past that period now to 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 get within the realm of this demo. Yeah, I'm, and I'm interested how Unity is going to fire back because you know they always seem to. Yeah, I mean they they have to, right? They they've got to have an engine that takes advantage of the new hardware standard. Well, um, I feel like Unity is still the easy engine to learn. Like between Unity and Unreal, Unity has this gigantic community. Unity has. C sharp in general is considered an easier language to work in than C plus plus. Although blueprints kind of make that irrelevant in some ways. Yeah, uh, I, I don't have any Unreal experience. Seems more user so. friendly. Yes, I I mean I've, I've got I, a bit of experience in both, and uh, Unity definitely. Yeah, I mean I, I I've explained my problems with Unity before, but it certainly is uh, definitely like it. You can certainly learn to use it, uh, and I feel like the the Maybe the barrier to learning might be a little higher for Unreal. Yeah. But I kind of wanted to shift the conversation more towards, like, away from maybe a technical per- perspective for now, and just from, like, a gaming perspective. Um, di- did this demo really kind of excite either of you? Because, like, I was pretty jazzed after seeing it. Yeah, I mean, I definitely... Yeah, I mean, my first thought was like, man, I hope we get another game like Final Fantasy 15, but it looks like this. So like, wasn't Final Fantasy 15 running Unreal 4? I have no idea. I don't know. I know. I, I, know. That game. I know Final Fantasy 7 remake was. So okay. I feel like Square Enix is definitely not opposed to, uh, obviously using Unreal, and yeah, that's that's another really exciting thing. Like Final Fantasy 7 remake. I mean, I haven't played it yet, but like, it looks gorgeous and. I mean, if they leverage UE5 for part two, uh, like, 
it's going to blow the first one out of the water, visually at least. Yeah, and it just, yeah, it excites me, like, the slower-paced, like, the games I really get sunk into story and stuff for, I would really like stuff like this. Yes, yeah. Like, um, the high narrative games and all. Yeah, I mean, like, we, we said it before, but, like, come on, Uncharted 5 using an engine like this, that seems oh, yeah. like a match made in heaven. But I kind of yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, yeah, I'm excited for it. I don't think there's any other way to say it. Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, it just, I it saw looks it. cool. I hope I it's it. real. Like, I know, yeah. you know, stuff like this, like, obviously they could have been showing us absolute ideal conditions for this technology. I but, feel like the Unreal demos are typically pretty accurate, right? So I'm remembering the UE4 demo, and it had a real emphasis on particles and particle effects and that was sort of a thing that became more standard with this generation uh with you know the ps4 xbox one generation so i think you know i think that's indicative of like this thing is showing off like really nice lighting and like insane geometries and that might be standard for the next generation yeah i think uh what really excites me about the prospect of being able to draw that many triangles is that you could have a a lot more characters moving in yes. a room at, at yeah. the same time. Because that's really been, just... I, I bring it up a lot, but that that has gameplay implications a lot more than like environment geometry. Yeah, and having a lot of characters that don't look, uh, you know, clearly uh, not as detailed as your protagonist, right? Like, I'm yeah. thinking of, like, Assassin's Creed Unity, and that was, like, that game was advertised for, like, having immense crowds, and everyone, like... Every, like, fourth person looked the same, and they had, like, the same animations and stuff. So, <laughs> I, um, Yeah, I thought the facial animation in this demo was amazing as well. Although I think that's becoming more standard after, like, Senua's Sacrifice. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, the fa- facial animation was good, but I'm going to be honest, I've seen much better this generation. But I don't think that was a focus of this demo. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I just mean it was really good. I mean, yeah. better than I'm used to. Like, probably better than anything in Final Fantasy XV, which I thought was pretty good to begin with. Also, uh, just quickly speaking about facial animation, uh, that reminded me of something Phil Spencer said. uh, That he said, like, the real impacts of COVID won't be felt until, like, 2021 in the game space. Where it's, like, a lot of their internal studios who need to be doing, like, you know, facial capture and, like, acting, like, mocap acting, just straight up can't because obviously of the conditions and like i was just like huh i mean that's obvious when you say it but i really didn't even think of that before like so like these are very real impacts that are going to cause delays right because like if you don't have your mocap for like a narrative game like you don't really have anything other than like levels right so um yeah that's i just thought that was an interesting comment he made yeah but yeah i guess talking more about xbox my mind goes back to, I think, the day after we recorded last week, Xbox had, like, a game showcase, right? And they showed off a bunch of third-party games coming to Series X. And um, I guess we can all give our opinions, but personally, I wasn't really intrigued by any of them, uh, except for maybe Assassin's Creed Valhalla, and even that left a sour taste in my mouth, because I think we were promised gameplay, and we really didn't see any. Um, yeah, they, they don't know the difference between gameplay and in-engine footage, and there's a huge difference. Yeah, exactly, yes. But, and, um, uh, yeah, I found the entire presentation incredibly boring. Uh, yeah, and I think there that's was really one unfortunate. Game... Oh, sorry, go ahead. 
There's one game I was really into, and I can never remember what it is, what it's called. I've seen it a few times. It's the it's like the Japanese shooter. I think it was raining. There was like a car chase. Yes. Yeah. I, I can't yeah. remember like what it's called. Was it was it the one made by that Chinese studio? Maybe. Yeah, Thank I might you. have said Japanese, and it might be Chinese. I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, I know what. But which anyway, one it's. Oh, yeah. I'm excited. It's like Ghost something. Uh, no. Ghost Tokyo or something. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Anyway, I remember it, it had a uh, had that one Japanese lady who was really awkward presenting it at E3. Oh no! Oh that. yeah, that, that was well, like that yeah, that was something else. That was like Ghostwire or something, I think. But anyway, this game looks fun. But it was the only game that had my interest literally at all. And I'm usually like, you know, third party indie stuff is usually where my focus is right and I just yeah did not care at all yeah i think so i wanted to kind of tie that into like i don't want to say it was a mistake for xbox to do what they did there but like i think it's important to have a strong first impression and uh obviously we know xbox has first party games cooking and we know that uh, the big third parties are coming as well and all of that, and and of course the indies, everything's coming, but like them choosing this to be their first showing of games on Series X was kind of like a bad. It seemed like a bad decision to me. Uh, and you had like people on Xbox's Twitter sort of apologizing for hyping it up afterwards, and it's just not really a good look. Um, and like I contrast that to today, in which we got an Unreal Five demo, which is awesome. But, like, it was a very subtle thing. They they said it was running real-time on PS5. And even though, like, obviously Unreal 5 is coming to all the platforms, that immediately associates what people just saw today with PS5. And I think what we saw today was definitely a much stronger impression of what next-gen is, even though it wasn't even a real game. And I just kind of wish Xbox had led with something like that. And I know they have stuff like that. They have to. Um, they've definitely, like, even if, you know, UE5 isn't accessible to them at the moment, they've definitely got their own engines, uh, that are taking advantage of next-gen tech, and I, I feel like they could have easily scrounged together some sort of demo, uh, but then again, I think they're having another event next month where they'll show these kind of things. I just think they should have led with something more impressive. Yeah, I agree. It just, Yeah. I can't remember a single game title other than Assassin's Creed Valhalla from that presentation. Yeah, and incidentally, like, a lot of people were saying, like, even Valhalla was just CG. Like, even the the quote-unquote gameplay they showed was just CG. And I don't think that was the case. Like, I think the graphical fidelity is just sort of up there. Uh, Yeah, no, I could Things are looking more CG-like, yeah. Yeah, I could buy that that was in-engine. It was just boring to watch. Yeah, like, I want, like, you know, like, ten minutes of gameplay. That's, like, not much to ask. And and it doesn't even have to look perfect. It doesn't have to look perfect and prim and proper. Like, we just... I think what people want is something real, right? That's the most important thing. And uh, what we got were, like, like, one to two second clips of, like, cinematically angled snippets of gameplay and that's just not just not what it's going to look like when you're actually running it it's totally irrelevant yeah but um yeah i mean we've got 
events on the horizon, like Jason Schreier something, saying something PlayStation 5 related is happening in June, and that's awesome, of course. And then we know Xbox is having, like, something every month for the rest of the year related to next gen and we had like the third party showcase for may and i imagine we'll get like a first party i think they said the first party showcase was happening this summer maybe june i don't know exactly what month but like the first so party showcase Keeley's, um keely's summer long thing yeah and i think Keely this was like the first thing that keely showed i think this event not event but like this ue5 thing was revealed by keely right oh was it i didn't realize that I think it was. I'm not entirely sure, but I I think it's awesome that Keeley's doing these things. Uh, I think what he's doing makes a lot more sense than E3, uh, at least the form that E3 has currently. Yeah. All right. So what have you uh, what have you been playing, Connor? Uh, it's actually been a little bit since I played it, but uh, I'm going to talk about a game called Doggerai. It's okay. like a dog samurai. It's just, um, you know, you guys know how interested I've been in Game Boy recently. And it's like a Game Boy-styled game on the Nintendo Switch. Yeah. It might be on other platforms, but that's really all there is to it. It's just a really simple platformer. Uh, you have a sword attack and you platform around, and it's just kind of neat. It was like two bucks or something. It was really <laughs> cheap when I bought it. And yeah, it's just kind of something goofy I've been playing in the background. It's not... I'm not going to give it a 10 out of 10. It's probably like a 6 out of 10 game or something, you know, just above average. Yeah. It's pretty good, but, uh, you know, there's room in my library for things like that. And uh, I love the aesthetic. uh, The art's very good. Have you been playing more, um, God, what was that uh, witch game you mentioned last week? Uh, Yeah, yeah, I've played it a little. Uh, I just haven't had time this past week, really, to play a ton of games. Uh yeah, I got get you. And I'm I'm getting fr- I, I've had a couple of really good runs in Noita and gotten really frustrated and because uh, I I would do something stupid and kill myself at the very end. I actually uh, twice one of my friends was uh, streaming it uh, and I was watching and he made it all the way to the boss twice and uh, ended up dying with the boss having like you know 10 HP left or something crazy like oh, that's unfortunate. Yeah, it was unfortunate once. When it happened a second time, it was hilarious. <laughs> but he, he's using some real cheese strategies in that game, because like, he, he had one where he uh, could breathe underwater and swim really fast, and he had a spell that spawned a bunch of water that he could just spam, and he was just flooding the entire world and letting everything drown before he even like bothered to progress. But That's the boss awesome. couldn't drown. Yeah, I, since since last week, I've, I've been thinking about that game, Connor, and I've been meaning to check it out. I just haven't had the opportunity to do so yet, but it, it's still on my mind. Yeah, the premise just sounds very interesting to me. It definitely has a, some semi-permanent real estate in my mind. Yeah. And of course, it'll it'll be taking a, a break when Terraria drops. Uh, yeah, when is days. that? A couple days? Uh, the 16th. Yeah, that's uh, this weekend, right? That's exciting. Yeah, and I'm not actually 100% sure we're going to be able to kick it off like on launch day because uh, my buddy Antonio is working, and uh, I'm not sure I will be in my apartment Saturday. That's fine. Like Whenever uh, everyone can play, I'm, I'm down to play. Uh, and yeah. I think maybe we can make at least an episode out of it, too. 
I, I, I am going to warn you, though, uh, you haven't ever played before, but uh, we're probably playing in the new difficulty called Master Mode. I'll, I'll put on my uh, try-hard pants so, then. Yeah, put on your uh, Epic Gamer <laughs> skills. So what's different about this mode? Just like one hit kills no or something? I have no idea. It's... I mean, I, I imagine it's similar Terraria. to expert mode, which came with uh, slightly harder enemies and, uh, well, probably more than slightly, but it only felt slightly. Uh, and uh, new new weapons you could get from bosses and stuff. Yeah. So, I imagine it'll be something along those lines. Okay, well, but yeah. But I, I don't know, I, I haven't had know. anything spoiled for me from this new update. I know that golf is getting added. Other than that, I got nothing. <laughs> what? Golf? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I couldn't tell you, but I know that golf is a thing in Terraria Journey's End. Jeez. Okay. Also, I want to point out. I said some stuff a couple weeks ago about uh, Terraria Two being like a definite thing that's happening. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah. Uh, that information is from 2015, so I don't really <laughs> oh, know. Oh no. Okay. <laughs> it felt more recent to me, but my friend pointed out to me that that is from 2015. So. Uh, we don't really know what... I mean, I know that uh, they're planning on doing another game, but I don't know if it's going to be Terraria 2. Okay. Well, I guess that's good to know. Thanks for clarifying that. Yeah. All right. Uh, I guess I can go next. I've just been playing disgusting amounts of Civilization VI. Like, <laughs> just... So, like, basically my routine has been... Every day, like after work, after dinner and everything, like I just get on and I play with uh, my cousin and his friend, Kevin, and the three of us just play multiplayer Civ for like hours. And like, obviously I'm, I'm working on weekdays, but I'm staying up to like 1, 2 a.m. and waking up at like 8 o'clock just because I feel like I'm addicted to civilization. And I'm sure Mike can speak to this too, and maybe not you, Connor, because you're not. You, I don't know if you've played Civ before, but like Civilization has a very sort of addictive one more turn. Yeah, I've played it with Civ Five. Okay. But yeah, like there have been multiple instances where I'm playing with these two, and they're like, "All right, guys, I, I I've got to go after this turn," and then literally like it's over an hour later, and we're like, "Hey, remember when you said you had to go?" Like, so like it, it's a game that sucks up so much time and i think i've talked about it on this podcast before but like i just feel like it bears mentioning again especially because like they recently announced they're doing like a sort of uh season pass type thing in which they're releasing dlc every couple months or so for the next year and i think that's pretty exciting uh and this dlc like uh i mean they're kind of like small size content packs like each one's gonna have like a new civilization and like a new game mode, and like a and a new a few new gameplay changes. Like I think one of the uh, updates is adding like a new district, for example, and new like wonders and stuff like that. So it's exciting to me that like even after this long, Civ Five or Civ Six continues to evolve. And I think this is sort of unprecedented, right? Because like I think traditionally what they do is like after there are two big expansions, they go pretty silent until the next Civ is announced. And it doesn't seem like they're doing that for Civ Six. So I feel like what they're doing is, like, instead of the traditional silence, they're going to be making incremental updates to the game in the form of, like, this season pass while we wait for the inevitable Civ Seven. So, I don't know. Uh, Mike, did you hear about this uh, pass? Yeah, I did hear about the Battle Pass. 
<laughs> Battle Pass, I guess. That's, yeah, that's pretty much that's, what it is. Yeah. I I guess, yeah, I suppose. But um, getting the Battle Pass nowadays. I mean, hey, it it's proven to work financially, so I guess I don't blame him. But uh, I think, I mean, that's good news to me, at least. It's more Civ content for me to lose hours of my life to. And um, and I don't want to go on too long on this, but, like, just to give sort of a couple examples of, like, the types of games we were playing. Like, uh, in one, my cousin was going for, like, a I think a scientific victory. Yeah, and I was going for a religious victory. So, like... The end game was just hilarious picture of like my missionaries and apostles just like flooding his empire by the hundreds and him just like declaring war on me and then gunning them down. Uh, and I just I don't know that image was just so funny to me and just like hordes of like missionaries just like overrunning everything and then him having no choice but to like just mow them down. But anyway, like um that that was one scenario and like the one we're playing right now i'm playing as the congo empire and uh he's about to win a cultural victory and uh i i was going for a culture victory but then i pivoted hard towards science and my science is making insane gains and i'm on the way to a science victory right now and meanwhile kevin the third the third guy playing He's going for a diplomatic victory. So I just love how in Civ, like, everyone can have their own strategy and, like, different win conditions synergize with each other in different ways. And, like, I don't know. Civ is such, like, a complex, awesome game. And it, it really is, like, the way you play you it can be so different from game to game. And I think that's why it's so appealing to me and it never really kind of grows old for me. But yeah, I've I've been playing Civ. It's for sure an addicting game. Because I, I would even say, like, I never super enjoyed Civ. But if I sit down to play a game of it, like, I get really sucked into it. Yeah, it's difficult. If that makes like, any sense. Yeah. And, like, I think, to me, it's probably the most addicting... The, the most addicted I've been to a video game. Like, I... I just zone out and like skip meals and like don't go to the bathroom when i'm playing civ like it's it's actually insane uh it just like puts me into a trance which is probably really bad but it's what it does it's probably my my, two of my friends have a a story i was with them in the beginning but uh i i had to quit because they had a civ game that went on like most of a summer i think just one yeah uh, it got to the point uh it got really bad because one of my friends does not have a very good computer and they were playing online and it was taking hours for his computer to process a turn like he was literally like make your turn and get up and go do something else because it was taking forever to process a single turn yeah that's insane they must have been playing on uh marathon mode do you know what that is connor uh yeah i have an idea of what that is yeah, so for anyone who doesn't know, so the standard game of Civilization at standard speed is 500 turns, which is pretty mammoth in and of itself. Like, a standard game of Civilization will take you, oh, uh, what, Mike, like, at least 10 hours, I would say. At least. Probably closer to 20, you know. It's around. weird, because those first 100 turns go by like it's nothing. But the, then, the like... The game definitely gets longer the, the more you play. 
Yeah. And obviously that can be impacted by like, are you at war with someone or not? But like, like the way at least Civ Six works is that more and more systems are introduced over the course of a single game. So like, by the time like you're in the modern era, you're juggling all sorts of things. You're juggling your your science, your culture, your religion, your diplomacy. You're juggling your money. You're juggling you know spies and like hopefully i don't get ravaged by climate change and like there's just so much to think about um but yeah like so what marathon mode does is that um eat so let me back up a little bit so each game of civilization is divided up into multiple eras right so like you have your ancient era your classical era and that goes all the way up to like the modern era the information era atomic era all of that stuff right so like uh, much like our own history, the game is divided up into historical eras. Um, and uh, a full game that spans all of those eras uh, on standard speed takes up to 500 turns. What marathon mode does is that each era individually is the length of an entire standard <laughs> mode game. So each era, yeah, each era could be like 500 turns, which is just Jeez. absolutely atrocious. Like I... I've played on, so I've actually played on, like, Epic Length, which is, like, the length above Standard. I, I used to do that for Civ Five, but I've only attempted Marathon once, and I quit pretty, pretty quickly. Like, that is just way too much for even me. Like, you have to be a real masochist to play on Marathon, you, I think. You could develop Civilization. Uh, in a shorter amount of time than it takes to play through a marathon game. Yeah, yeah, so true. But yeah, that must have been. I, I, I guess that's what your friends were playing. If that, like, a game took the entire summer. That's that's wild. It was a long game. Yeah. And um, yeah. So like, I don't know. I've kind of had a hankering for four X games lately. And like, I, I even, me- I messaged you, Mike, like asking about like. Should I play, like, Endless Space 2 or, like, uh, what was the other one? Uh, Galactic Civ 3, right? Because I, I want the Civilization experience, but in space. Because I love, like, space is just, like, a setting and a concept in games. And I would just love to have, like, a, a 4X, a really good 4X game in space, I think, would really satisfy my needs. And I'm just trying to find the right one for me. But, um... Yeah, if if anyone has any recommendations for those, just let me know. Well, obviously you should play Spore. Yeah, obviously, Spore's the, so, the greatest. I, I'm not gonna sport. lie, like Spore, like I haven't played Spore, but like just reading about it uh, a few years ago really intrigued me. But like then I heard it like wasn't all it was chalked up to be. It's not a bad game. It's definitely not as good as people thought it was gonna be before it came out, and it's not a 4x game. It kind of pretends to be. For a little bit in the middle, but it's not a 4X. Well, I guess right. no, it never. It's an RTS for like a little bit in the middle there. So like it spans, like it changes genres, right? But like essentially, don't you start out as like you start out as like life just beginning, and then you ultimately end up like. Yeah, you start going, out as a cell, and then yeah. become like the stages are cell, creature, tribal, civilization, and then space. Yeah, that sort of thing really intrigues me. So even if the execution isn't all there, I feel like I would really enjoy that. Yeah, no, it's it's a super enjoyable game, especially if you're going in without high expectations. I went in with just enormous expectations and got burned terribly. 
Well, but that's I not entirely your fault, the right? They really hyped that game up, if I remember. Oh, even stuff they showed that just... They, they had shown video of it and then not really announced that it wouldn't be in the game. And then it wasn't yeah. in the game. It, it was like my No Man's Sky. It was the reason I had zero hype for No Man's Sky. Like, oh, I'd man. already, I learned that lesson young. Yeah, unfortunately I didn't. So I fully fell into the hype for No Man's Sky. But I to be fair with No Man's Sky, its current state now it seems to be what they advertised it to be and then some. So good on No Man's right. Sky for finally delivering, but... Don't lie. Spore, it's okay. Spore came out like, long yeah. before the age of patches and content updates and stuff, especially right. free ones. It had two or three DLCs, one of which was just extra parts for your creature, which was kind of lame. Parts for your creature? Yeah, because you create, you, you have like a little creature creator. It, it, it has like really deep customization stuff. I swear to God, I'm going to download this game after the show. It's, yeah, you'll like it. Uh, it's not a bad game, honestly. No, it's it's not a bad game, and I'll say that over and over, but it's just not the game I wanted it to be. Yeah. The thing that really bugged me, and this is a stupid, petty thing, but it's it's stuck with me for like 10 years now. Jeez. They, they showed footage of you being able to get out of your spaceship once you got to the space stage and actually explore the other planets on foot, and I thought that that was neat. And you cannot do that in the final game. That's, and that's lame. really, yeah. You do get like a hologram you can send down and sort of explore them on foot, but it's just not. I don't know, but yeah, once you get to the space stage, you really, unless you buy the Galactic Adventure DLC, Galactic Adventure, yeah, yeah, which then you can get out of your ship in designated adventures, which were like, uh. Nobody, they never really worked. They, uh, it was like a content creation tool for players. Like you could make your own adventures, which was like a level editor and stuff. And it utilized all the other editors except for cell. Like you could put any creature in it. You could put, uh, different buildings you've made and different vehicles and stuff. But, uh, nobody, in my experience, nobody ever did it. Like I, I played the Maxis uh, bundled in adventures over and over again. I never saw anything anyone else had made. I think sp- just listening to you talk, I think Spore would really benefit. Like if it was released with today's sort of game release model, where like oh it yeah, could have Spore like season, it could have like giant expansions and like content passes and stuff. I feel like that would yeah. be that would work with a game like this. Who made it? Uh, Maxis. Maxis. Uh, EA. Maxis. Yeah, the guys who made The Sims and stuff. Back oh, in the day. okay, okay, okay. Gotcha. Yeah, that's yeah. not the game. It was originally called really popular... Sim Universe or Sim Everything or something like that. Yeah, okay. And it had its name eventually changed to Spore. Gotcha. Yeah, I was just going to say, like, Sims is another really popular game I've never tried before. And oh, I really? I like The like, Sims. But yeah, I feel like I, I can get into it. but I don't have the attention span for it. <laughs> yeah. I really don't. It's a series, though. If you do, well, so what do you mean by you don't have the attention span for it, right? Because you've played games like Civ, right, which require lots of attention. Yeah, no, but The Sims, like, it's kind of dry. Like, a lot of it is just like, I, why will my Sim not go to the bathroom? This is really annoying. <laughs> oh, okay. Gotcha. Okay. Like, it's it's really just kind of watching 
life happen and making subtle changes every once in a while. Uh, Spore is a much more more of a video game than The Sims is, in my opinion. Yeah. Wow, what a time to be alive. It's 2020, and I'm getting excited to check out Spore. Isn't that game from, like, 2011 or something? Like, it Spores from before 2011. Or maybe 2007. It, yeah, 2007, because I remember... Uh, September 4, 2008. It was supposed yeah. to come out in 2007, but it got delayed. I remember reading articles about it, like, in development in, like, 2005. Uh, it has an yeah, audience I, rem- I remember... I remember I don't hearing know about why it a I long time ago. Specifically, remember articles from 2005 about Spore, but I do. Or it was like 2006, somewhere in there. I can't believe you're about to drop 20 bucks on this game on Steam. I'll do it. It has an 84 on Metacritic. That can't be right. I mean, it's is, is not that, a is bad that too game. high or too low for you? Ten. That's too high. Oh, okay, that's kind of disappointing. I actually enjoyed Spore, like. Fully enjoyed. Oh, I enjoyed it too, but I didn't 84 enjoy it. I like 70 enjoyed it. I don't know. Again, I was way overhyped for this game, and uh, it it still to this day is a, a sore spot for me. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll go in with uh, my expectations in check, so maybe I'll enjoy it more. Yeah. But um, Mike, what about you? Other than Valorant, I haven't really played anything. I got into a beta for a game called Main Assembly, which what? is a robot building game, and honestly, it's kind of fun. That sounds super do, do fun. You, do you like fight the robots after you build them? I don't know, not yet. But not every game like has to be violent, and maybe you true. build a robot to like mine. Like, there's or... some in-depth programming in there. I only did a sandbox from the little I played of it, but that sounds fun. You can program everything to... from, like, a gyroscope on the front to keep a plane steady to uh, completely um, programming something else. I've been wanting to revisit the uh, the turtle mod for uh, Minecraft now that I am a, a good programmer, because last time I played all that, I was not... What's the turtle mod? It's, like, these little robot turtle things, and you can, like, you literally program them to... Uh, do different things like usually mine for you and stuff don't they have like doesn't minecraft already have the concept of programming with uh command blocks yeah but that's that's for like changing the game this was more for like it's a robot and you program it to do a task yeah it was up there with the mine computer mod which had a lua interface and i do some crazy stuff like i think i programmed mine to launch ballistic missiles (laughs) And I think we'd, we'd have to mention uh, Minecraft obviously has, like, the lowest of low-level programming in that you could just code Redstone, in, bi- yeah. in binary. Yeah. And uh, that's how, I, I mean, people have done that to make, like, Pokemon games, which is just mind-blowing to me. But is po- No, Pokemon was command blocks, I think. Oh, was it? Okay. I, I remember like seeing like like just redstone everywhere like like over the entire map but I could be remembering something else. And there's no way they remade this in redstone. That would be insane. <laughs> Wouldn't it though? I mean, that's kilobytes <laughs> of data that they would have to make. I like how you say that like it's a bad thing. 
kilobytes of data. I mean, in Minecraft terms, kilobytes of zero and ones, though, like yeah. kilobytes. Yeah, of, I mean that's thousands, that's just thousands of insane, zeros and yeah. ones. People with their redstone are nuts. I I think it's command blocks. There's no way. Yeah, I mean, I mean, like. Yeah, it's command blocks. Okay. 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 But still, you know, that's still just a disgustingly impressive achievement. Yeah, it is. But it it's not writing an entire <laughs> yeah. 200 some kilobyte game in a Actually no, I think I think Pokemon Red was like over a meg. I think it was Oh, was it really? Wow. Yeah, I think it was at least 1024 kilobytes and uh writing that in binary by hand. No, nobody's doing that. All right, that's fair. Yeah, because that would be what eight eight thousand some. No. <laughs> and trust me, I know how hard it is to just write a Game Boy game at this point. It is a pain. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, have you have your has your work on that finished or? Yeah, pretty much. I uh, I don't know if I shared it with you guys. It has uh you can jump and you collide with the tiles and stuff, and there's gravity. And I'm pretty much. Haven't touched it since then. Is it on Itchio or something? Nah, I mean, there's no game. It's just a sandbox. It's an engine, or, I guess. Or, yeah. yeah, you can't do anything. Yeah, sandbox is generous. <laughs> well, it's, it's like a prototype for gameplay mechanics, yeah. I guess. Maybe that's yeah. the most accurate I, I don't, way to describe it. Yeah, I, I got a little farther in and realized, man, I don't really have an idea for a plat for just a you know typical a platformer. platformer. No. Yeah, am I going to sit down and make, you know, it would just be nothing. It would be kind of boring. But, um, Mike, you mentioned you've still been playing Valorant. So do you have yeah. any do you have any more insight on that? Like, how's that going? It's so much more gun based than I expected it to be for a hero shooter. So like, like less reliant on abilities. Yeah. Abilities do matter, but it's not as reliant as, say, Overwatch, where Overwatch is all about alt management and abilities. Yeah. Nothing really like has a big impact like Overwatch abilities do. Sure, they're great for clearing points, but other than that, you can go. I've gone entire matches without using. Well, not entire matches, but I've gone entire uh, entire rounds without using abilities. Yeah, that's crazy to me to hear. Right, like just knowing Riot and their work on League of Legends, obviously, like. It seemed like they were very, you know, character slash ability focused. And to hear that, like, maybe it's not that the case for Valorant. It's maybe it's like 60% skill slash 40% like abilities. Is that kind of accurate or is yeah. it like even more? Abilities are there to accentuate skill. Like, it's still skill based and that's what I like. I didn't like, I, I started to get tired of Overwatch's, uh, ability-based meta so it feels like it's a lot more skillful like good people are still very obvious yeah yeah that's awesome that riot was able to make something like this they just straight up made a very uh very good skill-based first person shooter with light uh light um you know like character mechanics yeah everything's all the abilities right now are very conservative like, they aren't anything exciting, but I really do enjoy it, and I'm getting actually good at the game. Maybe that's why I enjoy it. I usually enjoy games that I'm good at. 
<laughs> well, you got in early, right? You 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 have a yeah. chance to to just be an absolute god by the time like the general public gets their hands on it. Oh, I can't wait. The game put me at the bottom rank, but I don't feel like I belong there because I'm dunking on people at that rank. Oh, and then you'll climb up, you know. E- easily. There's yeah. no way I'm not going to end up in like the mid ranks so towards just, the end uh, of the beta. Just curious, like, so we know, obviously, League has its own ranking with, like, Iron, Bronze, Silver, Gold, Platinum, etc. Does, uh, does Valorant have something similar? Yes, it's Iron, Gold, Iron, Bronze, Gold. Oh, God, it's, it's the, the same. the same thing as League, <laughs> but instead of Iron 4 being the highest, Iron 3, or instead of Iron 4 being the lowest, yeah, or whatever it is, it's Iron 3, Iron right. 3 is the highest... And I got placed in Iron 1, which is the bottom of the game. Well, that's okay. You'll but it enables me to dunk on people, which is fine by me, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just been highlight reel after highlight reel on my Twitch stream. So I'll take it. Yeah. All right, guys. I think that's going to do it for us this week. Please follow us at Ad Podcast Game Talk on Twitter. Click the link in the description of the podcast to follow our Discord. Uh, Please like, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and any other podcast services you may use. Uh, Thank you guys for listening, and thank you, Connor and Mike. Yep, thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. we will catch you next time. Bye.